In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God. Reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. As we near the end of Cycle B, our readings pick up an end-of-the-world flavor. And we see that beginning with our first reading from the book of the prophet Daniel. Let's talk about this book because I don't think we've had it before on the show. When Babylon invaded Israel around 538 BC, Daniel was one of the first Jews taken into exile. He had a gift for interpreting dreams and even correctly interpreted one of the king's dreams. The first six chapters of the book that bears his name chronicle history of the life of Daniel and others, while chapters 7 through 12 describe a series of Daniel's visions. But the book of Daniel wasn't written during the time of Daniel, of course. It wasn't like someone was following Daniel around with a book, writing everything down as it happened. No, the book of Daniel was actually written around 165 BC, over 300 years after the life of Daniel. Why is that important? Because around the time it was written, the Greek king Antiochus IV Epiphanes was attempting to unify the Greek kingdom by forcing Jews to adopt Greek ways of life. For those who did not agree to this change in lifestyle, there were repercussions, and some were even killed. So in the midst of that trial, the book of Daniel is written to show how people of faith can resist temptation and conquer adversity, just like Daniel did in Babylon over 300 years earlier. And the people of faith will conquer adversity because of Daniel's visions, which say, But the wise shall shine brightly like the splendor of the firmament, and those who lead the many to justice shall be like the stars forever. For the seventh and final weekend, we hear from the homily to the Hebrew Christians in our second reading. You'll recall that the homily giver in the letter to the Hebrews used Psalm 110 throughout his homily. He mentions it just 13 verses into the speech, and then chapters 5 through 8 are like him expounding upon the passage. Well, here he's using Psalm 110 once again. He describes how Jesus has taken his seat at the right hand of God. That's language used in Psalm 110, as is the description of his enemies being made his footstool. But the major contrast being drawn here in the second reading is between sitting and standing. The homilist is saying that while every priest in Israel had to stand during his ministry, Jesus' once-for-all ministry has ended such that he is now seated forever. And he sits in God's very presence. The priests in Israel would never have dared to sit down in the holy sanctuary, and yet that's what Jesus is doing. Our gospel passage comes on the heels of the scene from last weekend where Jesus sees the widow place her two small coins into the treasury. Jesus is now leaving the temple and says, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be one stone left upon another that will not be thrown down. Then, verses 3 and 4, Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives and Peter, James, John, and Andrew ask him, Tell us, when will this happen and what sign will there be when all these things are about to come to an end? Jesus' response to their question is our gospel excerpt this weekend. He describes the arrival of the Son of Man coming in the clouds. Angels will be sent out to gather the elect from the four winds. Now, in some sense, this could, of course, refer to the spiritual beings of angels sent to gather in God's people. Yet, in another sense, the word angel simply means messenger. So this could also be describing those messengers of the gospel who have gone out to the four winds, or the four corners of the world, to preach the good news and gather God's people. Then, Jesus calls attention to the fig tree. 
Remember that he's in Jerusalem during Passover, and right around the time of Passover is when fig trees begin to sprout leaves each year. While most trees in Israel at the time were evergreen, the fig tree had an annual cycle, and this made it a good barometer for determining the time of year. Jesus is saying, look, you know how to read the signs of the times with this fig tree. Can you read the signs of times when the Son of Man returns as well? Lastly, the fact that Jesus says, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place can be a bit tricky. Was Jesus mistaken? Did he get it wrong? Truth be told, Jewish culture determined the span of a generation to be 40 years. And if Jesus died around 33 AD, then 30 plus 40 is 70. And 70 AD is exactly when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. In some sense, then, Jesus actually was correct. The generation did not pass away until the destruction of the temple occurred. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.